So welcome to Two Crees in a Pod. Today we're doing a bonus episode with Wayne Jackson uh, to talk a little bit about Cree. Um, I'm going to hand it over to Wayne just to introduce himself uh, to all our listeners. Thank you. So I guess one of the things we're we're doing this bonus episode and and uh, Wayne works with Blue Quills and and previously has also worked with the government of Alberta in developing curriculum in the language department. Um, and so maybe we'll start there, given that recently this week there was an announcement made in the news in regards to the curriculum. Um, what is your thoughts on the state of the language in Alberta? Well, if you want me to start about the state of the language, uh, when I initially worked with Alberta Education back in 2017, we did a call for a call out for resources with the languages, and we found that Nihioyon was well represented. There were a lot of materials out there. We found that Blackwood had a healthy amount of resources. But it was the other languages that were lacking, such as Dene, Dene Sutine, Dene Tha, the Beaver Nation also. Nakoda was bereft of many, many materials, print, audio, or online. And the same with Sutina. And the one I found out probably the worst was probably uh, Anishinaabe. We call them Nakuinoak here in Alberta, mm. amongst the Cree, the Nihioak. We call them, those are the Anishinaabe people of Ochis, and they're the only pocket of Anishinaabe speakers in all of Alberta. So we found that all the resources were almost non-existent with those languages. And surprisingly enough, Michif has the, one of the fewest speakers. They've had a ton of resources out there. So that's the state of the languages in terms of resources. In terms of speakers, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Cree people in Alberta. So we have a healthy amount of speakers, but those of us who are on our planes, we find that there's less speakers of the language. Whereas if you go to Treaty 8, those are we call them people from the woodland. We, there's a misnomer with that word woodland. Because there's actually a dialect called the Woodland Nihio, mm. and they speak the TH dialect. Those are in northern Saskatchewan. These people that live in the north here in Alberta are called Northern Plains Cree, is actually the, the real term they should be called. And there's variances, regional variances between our dialect, and they're the same dialect as we are, but just regional variances of the languages. So we're gonna, we call them Sagao Nihio, the people from the bush. Or woodland, woodland, woodland Cree. So healthy number of speakers there. Blackfoot is doing okay. They have their language programs. They have their. They used to have immersion schools in the Blackfoot country. And when I say Blackfoot, I, I mean to lump all three nations together, because they don't like to all be described as Blackfoot. Sixika is Blackfoot. That's the actual Blackfoot. Kaskatiwayasita we call them, and then. The blood, the blood tribe, which is the biggest reserve in Alberta, Mihikoinok, that's their, that's their name. 
they prefer they prefer to be called Gana. Mm. And then the Pigani. Pigani we know we call them the Pagan. So those three nations, they actually they're pretty healthy. They have their two uh, colleges, Old Sun and Red Crow. They're doing language revitalization. Um, the smaller group in Treaty 7, Satina, has, and I worked with uh, Bruce Starlight from there. Mm. Bruce Starlight's one of their elders of the Satina Nation. And they talk about um, having only 39 speakers at that time. Wow. So just a pocket full of fluent speakers left. And they, they're doing, they're really, I'd say, going to war right now. And I'll use that term, not really physically war, but they're going to war in the sense that they're trying to revive their language. They're doing everything they can to try and retain their languages. They're, uh, they access this Indigenous Languages and Education grant with Alberta Education, and they've trained at least 20 people to go out there and be language people. Mm. Uh, in terms of Nakoda, Nakoda, I worked with Nakoda. The, the Alexis Dakota Sioux Nation is actually doing some fantastic things. I worked, I worked with Eugene Alexis, and he's their language guru in Alexis. So what he does is he's, he's the main person for the language. They call it Alexis Heritage Language Institution, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he oversees the program, and he actually teaches chief and council once a week. He goes into the chambers and he teaches to the chief and the council. And he also has, goes into each department, O&M, social, education, all those departments. And he appoints two people to actually oversee the language in those departments. So it's actually a really good system that they built in. Mm -hmm. So that model could actually be transferred to other other groups, other Mm -hmm. nations, other communities. As uh, indigenous people. As for Denny Sutini, they're uh, it's scattered. It's very scattered. Uh, we have a Denny Sutini program at Blue Calls, but uh, not a lot of students have, have really uh, applied to the program. Mm-hmm. So I can't really speak to what's going on there. But I know it's in. If we look at Denny Sutini, it's from Colic, stretches all the way to Fort Wimpuri and Fort Chippewan, and then into Saskatchewan. And for us in Blue Calls, we have kind of that. Uh, we're pulling a lot of students from Saskatchewan, it seems, within the last while. And this year has actually been quite a quite an awakening for ourselves in terms of the language. Uh, we have a lot of 20-year-olds in our program, first mm. year. And there's only like two people, either 40s or mid-40s around that age. The rest are all in their early 20s. So it's really it's really making me, uh, what's the, I can't find a word to say, but it's making me uh, hopeful. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that, you know, you will ask Sunamagi from a big school. And then I can't speak for the other languages as well. I can't speak about Michif. I'm not sure what the state of language is for the terms of numbers and who are speakers. But it should be okay because Michif really is Nihiyoewin with French, French drawn in there. Mm-hmm. So I could be a Michif speaker if I learned some Wimstagosu. <laughs> yeah, so... That's the state of languages. In terms of the curriculum, do you want me to talk about the Yeah, curriculum? let's talk okay. about that. Okay, <laughs> okay, this is, oh, it just got me mad. I got, I was here with Lyndon early and it was just getting me, I was riled up. Even yesterday with my class, my students, I talked about it. Uh, I worked with uh, Alberta Education with the revamp of the curriculum. First way, I worked with Blue Quills. Mm-hmm. 
when I was under Blue Quills in 2016, Lake Vince Steiner said, Wayne, you you and uh, another one of our staff members, you have, you have your B-Eds, you've been in the classroom, go represent us there. So we went, we did, we started off great. We started off with pipe ceremony. We had the deputy minister there as well. They were all involved. So mm-hmm. we, had, we had this relation that was going on. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, some of the, our values, our teachings, our pedagogy was all incorporated into the curriculum. And sometimes, you know, there was things that happened that sometimes maybe they weren't, but there was a large group. Our voices were there. Treaty 6, Treaty 7, Treaty 8 initially was there. They eventually pulled up because I think they were scared because uh, there's this uh, idea that anything to do with the province is going to eradicate your treaty rate. Right. So they pulled out of there. So it was just Treaty 6, Treaty 7 and uh, Métis, Métis settlements and Métis educators that were there. So we did, we, we did that. And then in 2019, when the, this current government that's in, the United uh, Ultra-Conservative Party, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll call them. <laughs> they're, they're not really conservative. They're really, really conservative. And in fact, they're What would you call them in Cree? <laughs> 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 For our listeners, what does that mean? Crazy ones. <laughs> I don't know the language. But I apologize. I don't mean to offend anybody on that. But uh, they regressed. They were really aggressed with what the yeah. direction of the language program. They uh, not just language, the curriculum. They really regressed with everything that's gone on. The uh, they called what we were doing propaganda. Mm-hmm. And really, it wasn't propaganda. It was it was all our United Voices, all the Indigenous, all the teachers from across Alberta, even the parents were also involved in the mm-hmm. vetting of this uh, curriculum. So, I'm really disheartened with what what has come to light here, with uh, them tra- uh, the UCP trying to uh, not include residential schools. In fact, the uh, leaked document I looked at I looked at on a couple days ago. That was leaked by the CBC. I saw that it was uh, there was no treaty mention of treaties there. And when you talk about the dis- the discovery, discovery, and I'll say in quotations, discovery or the creation of this country, it all it is all based on the treaty. Mm-hmm. Canada cannot exist without treaty, so that is omitted. They need to include that as well. And then there's things you know that are ridiculous. They they want to omit. Land-based teaching, they want to omit, they want to omit those things that do with oral tradition. They call it mysticism. It's what, it, what is outlined there. And uh, I just saw a, when I was here earlier today, talking with Lyndon, discussing about our, our language lesson plans. I just saw on Twitter there in a brief moment of, uh, we had a brief time, he was busy doing other things. So I, I looked on my Twitter and sure enough, Lagrange has recanted that statement and said that, they're certainly going to include residential schools in the curriculum, whether it's K to, I believe it's K to six somewhere from what I saw. Mm-hmm. So that's heartening. That's really, uh, I'm glad they're going to do that, but they still have Chris Champion there. Chris Champion thinks the Cairo blanket exercise is a fad. He probably thinks, he probably doesn't even recognize treaty. Mm-hmm. And from what I saw from the leaked document, they're all very biased. They're, I call them wasps. Mm-hmm. A wasps <laughs> and if you don't know what that is you'll have to look up the name. you have to google it <laughs> it's a very very much a christian perspective from what i've seen from there mm. 
from what has been included in the curriculum. So yeah, I'm really, I'm really fired up about it. You know, get write your MLA, write your, uh, get uh, talk to your principal, your school boards, tell them, tell them your dissatisfaction. I'm very dissatisfied as an educator, as a parent. You know, it, it's really it's, it concerns me because I have grandkids in school, and I'm going to have a little one in school here soon. Mm -hmm. So it's like, uh, I I want to know what they're being taught. Mm -hmm. And it's not, I guess it's not just even them, it's also students from across Alberta. Yeah. What are they being taught? Are they going to be in, and I'm going to say indoctrinated with Omaya, this uh, Eurocentric view of uh, what Alberta should be taught. Mm -hmm. So, yoga, I'm pounding my fist. <laughs> and I know that, uh, you know, when I, when I had looked at the document as well, I was quite upset and, uh, knowing um, the hard work that was put into uh, the development of that and the years of, of work that went into that. And so I think that that's, you know, for our listeners and those who are um, looking at ways of, of, of supporting First Nations or Indigenous education and language is to ensure that you are also sharing your voice with our leaders and that our leaders are also speaking up right now. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we need to really come together within our communities and um, ensure that our voices are heard. And so, you know, I appreciate that and I appreciate that um, we are um, always trying to advocate in some way. Um, one of the questions I had that I that I wrote down um, as you were talking earlier, um, and it was in regards to the languages again, um, and you've you've been teaching um, the language for for a number of years. When I first met Wayne, so just to give you a little context, um, he was working at Ashmont School, and I was I was a student there. I wasn't a very good student because I took off. I I took off from class. Uh, I think I was in grade eight, and uh, I went up to the. It's, it, Ashmont's not a big town. Mm -hmm. but there's a store and I took off to go to that store to buy something. <laughs> Wayne was sent to look for me. <laughs> and, well, I that was that, and I remember seeing him coming down this road and I, I'm trying to dodge to get back to the school to hide behind buildings or stuff. But So me and Wayne go back. <laughs> um, but one of the things is that, I, it, and again, I think it's important just for, for a number of people and our listeners who want to learn about Cree or want to learn their language or for institutions are looking at ways to developing these um, or organization creating spaces to learn the language. What is the best way to retain our language? Like there's different teaching methods. And I, and I know that you've um, obviously have probably seen different methods being taught. Um, what are the best methods of of or things for for adults or for children to retain and learn the language? The biggest thing that needs to happen is immersion. Immersion, immersion, immersion. I first, that question was in my mind when I, when I did my master's at Blue Quills in 2020, 2011. And I thought to myself, what is the best way people will actually learn a language? Well, you know, we're, I was raised with the language you 
So that's what I learned. I learned the language right from a baby. And when I went to school, come home, that's all she talked to me was in the language. Her English skills are very minimal. So I had no choice. I had to speak the language. Uh, it remains to be seen what can happen. There are immersion programs out there. Kihuachtan is one in, uh, by the way, which is your name here in Ramakum, but also mm -hmm. in uh, Onion Lake. Onion mm -hmm. Lake, they have what's called Kihuachtan Eagle's Nest. I've actually visited their school. And when you talk about running away there, running away and uh, <laughs> not being a good student, I went to Kihuachtan and they have rarely have discipline problems. They really have classroom uh, issues because they're so focused on language, they're so focused on culture, they're focused on their identity. The mm. students are proud of who they are. And in fact, the two, they said in the two weeks, they're recalling about the discipline issues. I asked the principal and they said the only incident was the student was on a bus. It wasn't even at the classroom. It was just, there was mm. a bus driver and the student riding home. So if you focus on those things, you don't deal with the other things, the other issues. It makes you proud of who you are. This is probably why for myself, I went to that school as well. It was bereft of who we are. There was no language taught it. Even though I taught Kriyata at that school, at that time when I was going there, there was no language. Mm -hmm. We were given a token Native Awareness Day once, once, out of, once out of 365 days a year. It should have been Native Awareness Day every day for us. We should have come there. There should have been a smudge. should have been a prayers. Mm -hmm. should have been songs. should have been... Uh, Language spoken. We only spoke language during the recess or when we want to be keen, what's over here with our buddies. <laughs> <laughs> so if we want to tackle issues like discipline problems, classroom management, let's go back to who we are mm -hmm. as Nihio. And that, for me, that's the best strategy, immersion. We need uh, like the Moaris, we need like the Hawaiians, we need language nests. Our babies need to hear the language. So we need daycares. Head Start programs, mm -hmm. and then into K to K to twelve. Even I'm going to say we need immersion programs because we always get this idea that oh, if you speak only Nihioiwen, you're going to get left behind. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're going to be literate over here with syllabics or SRO, and you're going to get this perspective. But English is always here. Mm -hmm. That's what's been. I mean, that's why people like my mom don't even didn't even go to school. Yeah. She had that, her story varies one week, one day, one month. She's getting older, so she's not really remembering, but she speaks English. She learned how to speak English. She had to. She had no choice. Mm -hmm. Just uh, you turn on your TV, you turn on your radio, you turn on your phone, everything, social media, everything's in English. They're not going to, they're not going to learn, they're not going to get left behind. They'll be right there learning about it. Mm -hmm. And in fact, studies show that if you know two languages, this child is more it's more intelligent mm -hmm. it develops those neurons and synapses in your brain you know as a, a language learner and I find that I find that with people who speak two languages even three languages mm -hmm. and they had to they had to know more languages because the Nakotas our neighbors over here had to learn their language and the Blackfoot and the Dene we had mm -hmm. to learn we had to know these things so they're trilingual, quadrilingual, whatever, whatever term you want to use. They knew these languages because it was 
done by necessity. Mm-hmm. And they were Guinea-Swag. They were very smart people. So that's my big spiel about language mm-hmm. and about what works best, immersion. We need that here. Right in Edmonton, Edmonton needs that. We have speakers coming from 36, 38, and Saskatchewan, and all across the, all across everywhere. It's only neo, neo country. Mm-hmm. So immersion is the way to go. Well, thank you. Um, I appreciate you uh, joining me today. Um, and uh, is there any closing comments that you have for our listeners? Okay, closing comments. I uh come in mok akami mugumaga we big squeak uh we nihioik uh katotumigumaya nihio shitsagiona nihiaona umaya ka ka nuti tuta kugayum wapskoya sumak kek snamagyun yogananba muimiku muikiano yogo so I'm telling my uh, listeners to persevere, persevere in a way that, uh, in a way that you are indigenous whether it's through your language, through ceremony, through culture. Especially if you speak your language, you're never going to lose your culture because the languages and the culture are entwined together. You can't separate those things. Mm-hmm. I've, had, I've had one teacher tell me, I teach the language, but I don't teach culture. I said, uh, how the heck do you do that? <laughs> yeah. There's no absolutely no way you can do that. Mm-hmm. It's built right in. But anyways, you, uh, you have to uh, not forget our identity. The way this... Uh, the, uh, the government wants to uh, change things with the curriculum. We don't even need to follow that. You know, they, they come home. Let's teach them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if and also, if we're also going to change it, change this tide. Let's be like the black people down south. They're not. They're, they don't. They don't. They don't lay down anymore. They speak up. They're vocal. They protest. We need to do the same thing. Keystone. Mm-hmm. Maybe not hold a sign, but get on your social media. Get. Uh, right to your principals, your MLAs, your teachers, your MPs even. Do uh, do what uh, indigenous lives matter. Nihio Nihio Big Swoon matters. Our our language matters. Yeah. And that's uh, that's that's gonna be my lifelong commitment now. I'm teaching I got a I got a small today she's eleven months old and I'm mm-hmm. I'm always speaking to her in the language, so I want her to be I miss the boat of my older kids. Mm-hmm. They don't speak the language, but now I want this one. I want her to to be the next generation to to bridge this to the other to the next generation so that's what I want to leave with uh, your speakers awesome well thank you for uh, joining us Wayne again on Two Crees in a Pod Mm -hmm. Two Crees in a Pod Two Crees in a Pod Natani means yeah let's go 
They pushed us to this point Frustrations of a common man Manifest the destiny preaching Pledge the promised land I'm stuck between taking my journey Live with no honor Like what's the use of my kids Can't taste clean water A child born into a world Revolution's not a choice Fighting to be heard So we make them hear our voice Remember ancestors anguish Lightning in our veins Hear it in a language When they are kitchen for the rain I am product of people That persevere persecution Paint me so creator sees me If I go out shooting Experience our pain When our women disappear daily Anxious to be angry, pacifists might hate me Trolls on the internet constantly trying to bait me We move in silence, cover of the night Learning from the woods, in the forest Tracking enemies in the woods Reincarnations of warriors riding for salvation Or are we false prophets when we submit to temptation? Colonization is a hell of a drug We all seem to go crazy when we fall in love I said colonization is a hell of a drug We all seem to go crazy when we fall in love I said Two Crees in a Pod.